In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Christ is in our midst. <clears throat> when I was in seminary, uh, we had to do a chaplaincy internship, ministering to those in some sort of medical facility. And as all good stories go, something was different this day. I was sent to a floor that was not mine. And I went into this room that I planned on going into, and that person was not there. And I turned around and someone's staring at me from across the hall. So instead of being able to go into my normal routine and actually check to see who that was and go in somewhat prepared, I was sucked right in. <laughs> I had to just go right at him. And then in that room was this man in a wheelchair, but with a very commanding presence. And so I walked through the door, I introduced myself, and his response is not introducing himself as well, but if you walked through the door, or if you were at the heavenly gate today, what would you say to God? And I was like, whoa, okay, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> and so I paused for a moment, I responded, and he was not satisfied with my response, um, corrected me based on his beliefs, and then said, you walked into the wrong room today, pal. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> a warm welcoming, this is, uh, this is going to go well. Um, so we continued to talk, spent 20 minutes, a half hour with him, and the last thing he, he shared with me was to be bold. Be bold. Now, what this meant for him and maybe what this means for me and for us as Orthodox Christians may look different. I, I don't know. That was the end of our conversation. But there is something to having boldness in the life of a Christian, right? But it can't be just boldness. It has to be boldness within humility first. Boldness without humility is just pride or maybe an emotional reaction. And throughout scripture, we see so many moments of boldness, but within humility. The boldness and humility of the Theotokos, right? To say, not I am worthy to bear the Messiah, but to say, how can this be? And then let it be done unto me according to thy word. Right? The boldness and humility to accept the Son of God to be her son. The boldness and humility to bring her son, the Son of God, to the temple. The boldness and humility for Simeon to take the Son of God in his arms. Right? This feast of the presentation that we celebrated Tuesday night and we continue to celebrate today. And the presentation is something we continue to participate in and celebrate throughout the year with all of our newborns and their mothers as the new child is brought into the church for the first time and they are presented and offered to God in the church. The boldness and humility of even just a newborn to be offered to God and to begin his journey as a servant and child of God. But beyond the Theotokos and beyond this feast, we're surrounded, especially at this point of the year, with gospel readings that just have all these examples of boldness and humility. Two weeks ago, we had the blind beggar, right, who continued to cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me, even when people tried to silence him over and over again. Last week, we heard of Zacchaeus, a small but grown man climbs a tree just to see God, to see Christ, right? And an adult, many of us here are adults. Can you imagine climbing a tree to try to see them? This takes a lot of boldness. 
and then inviting, him, inviting Christ into his home, recognizing his wrongdoings and repenting, this humility that it's all rooted in. Next week, we'll hear the publican and the Pharisee, a great example of what boldness looks with humility and also what it looks without. And then, of course, today we have a prime example with the Canaanite woman. Christ goes from Jerusalem, north, of Tyre, north to Tyre in Sidon in modern-day Lebanon. He goes from dealing with Pharisees, Israelites, the people of God, to encountering who would be commonly considered lowly, unclean Gentiles. From the chosen people to the unclean. And this woman cries out to Christ and calls him son of David. A Gentile recognizing him as the Messiah. Of not just the physical Israel, but the Messiah of the new Israel. All those who follow Christ. But this is not an easy encounter for the woman. Right? And Christ can sound a little harsh, but we have to realize he knows her faith. Right? And this dialogue happens as a testament to her faith for all of us to learn from, including the disciples who tried to also kind of dismiss her. Imagine being told by the Messiah, I'm not here for you, and then compares you to the status of a dog. And we're not talking about our cute, lovable pets that we have in our homes, right? In this time and in this culture, this is the lowest of the low. Christ says these things to show how it was seen by the Jews, how these people were seen by the Jews, and then revealing how it is now. I'm not here for you. Ah, but actually, yes, I am. Everyone believed this, but then Christ reveals the truth, that he is the Messiah for all people who follow him. But what's incredible is how humble this woman really is, right? She doesn't try to test Christ. She doesn't say, okay, I might be a a dog, but if you really are the Messiah, you could do it even for, for them. Rather, she recognizes her unworthiness. She accepts the status of a dog in humility, but then in boldness, says even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. All she desires is but a crumb. And she shows the willingness, the boldness, to draw near and call out to the master. And we have the opportunity for this boldness anytime we're first rooted in humility. In the epistle today, St. Paul tells us that we are temples of the living God. That should first terrify us because we are unworthy. But then we do seek to care for this temple. That is what we're called to do, to embrace this calling, to embrace this life, to embrace being a temple of the living God, to have the boldness to accept and welcome God to dwell in us. We know that as a church, we are called the body of Christ. And again, this is terrifying, that we are members of his body. And we should recognize that fear, recognize that unworthiness. But we also recognize that within that body, we have the strength of Christ binding us together, holding us up, and raising us up. Now, Lent is quickly approaching, maybe quicker than we're ready for. And we can sometimes grow exhausted even just by the thought of all the prostrations that we're going to do, right? When we kneel and we bow down all the way to the ground over and over 
But these prostrations, or even when we just do a matanya, when we do the bow where we just touch our hand to the ground, like we do commonly when we come to the icons, it's a beautiful image in a physical way we can participate in this boldness and humility. We bow, we recognize our sins, we die to the world, but then we don't stay down. We rise with Christ and his grace, his love, his mercy. It is like in our baptisms, right? When we enter the water, we die. But then in Christ, we boldly rise with him. So remember, anytime we do a bow, whether it's just a half bow that we touch the ground or all the way to the ground, remember our baptisms, that we must rise with him. We don't stay in the water, we'll just drown. We have to rise out. But to rise, we also have to look up. We have to seek Christ. We have to seek him as the Savior. We seek our salvation. We have the boldness to to say, to cry out, Lord, have mercy. Lord, save me. We seek his love. We seek his mercy. We seek his strength. We have to look up, and then we have to journey with him. We're not told to lie on the ground with our struggles. We're told to take up our cross and follow him. We're told to take up our pallet and walk. So how can we live this boldness in humility? Everything we do in the church gives us this opportunity and teaches us how to live when we walk back out of these doors. When we venerate the icons, as we just said, and we bow, when you rise, take a moment to see Christ, the boldness to see Christ or the saint right in front of you. The boldness to see not paint on wood, but to see the person who is depicted, being face to face with them. It takes boldness and humility to draw near for confession. It takes boldness and humility to repent, to not stay in a pit of despair, but to recognize our sins and rise from them in God's love. In a half an hour or so, Uh, Maybe because of the cold, it may go a little faster. We're trying to keep things moving. But the deacon will come out and hold uh, with the chalice just before communion. And he says, with the fear of God, faith and love draw near. With the fear of God, faith and love. If we only have the fear of God, then we cower. We hide from him. And we can never enter into that relationship. But when we have humility of fear, with the faith in God who is loving, compassionate, merciful, and our Savior. And we also love God and we love our neighbor. We then can draw near with fear, faith, and love with that boldness. Today's gospel is such a beautiful example even of communion. We hear of a desiring of but a crumb. And what do we seek in communion? Just a crumb from the master's table. That little bit of communion has the complete saving grace, the full forgiveness of sins and life eternal with just a drop, just a crumb touching our lips. We constantly have moments in our lives to be bold, but if we forget first to identify with the dog, if we, if we forget first to humble ourselves, we actually further separate ourselves instead of drawing near as we seek to do constantly with Christ. So as we approach the chalice today and as we go about our daily lives, may we let these words, this way of life, sink in.
that with the fear of God, with faith and love, as we draw near to Christ in boldness and humility. Amen. Amen.